Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show where we talk about short video games, the kind of thing you might pick up and complete in an evening or a weekend. Games that respect your time. I'm your host, Reagan Kelly, and I am joined this week, as always, by my co-hosts, Laura Nash. How are you doing, Laura? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> and also, bro host and real-life twin brother, Shane. Shane Kelly, how are you doing? Uh, pretty good. Happy holidays to you guys. You as well. Um, and, uh, of course... Nate Heininger, Podcaster Supreme. How are you doing, Nate? I'm doing well. Thank you for the intro. You know, I was just thinking about, um, I like that you always introduce that you guys are real-life twin brothers. Um, and Because what I think is funny about it is because this is all, like, it's a radio show, so it, it doesn't give too much information to the listener. All they know is that two of you look the same. <laughs> Have no idea what they, you look like, but at least two of you look the same. And it's not me. And listeners, I assure you, it's uncanny. <laughs> it's like uncomfortably uncanny. Even for me. Uh, <laughs> so this has been a really crazy couple of weeks. Um, you, dear listener, are joining us after a one-week gap. Thanks for bearing with us there as we all saw our families over Thanksgiving. And I traveled to Hawaii, which, by the way, you know, I you know, I recommend it. It's it's uh, it's good. <laughs> oh, do you? You yeah. recommend Rack going much. to Hawaii? Yeah. No, it's great. Hot, hot take right there. <laughs> yeah, and uh, had had a lot of fun. And uh, this week we are back with uh, only just a few days ago, an interesting little game came out um, that seemed designed for us, and that is Doctor Languskov, the Tiger, and the Terribly Cursed Emerald, a Whirlwind Heist. Nice. And uh, this is a game that is totally free and is about 15 or 20 minutes long. And uh, it's developed by William Pugh, P-U-G-H. Is that right? Pugh? Pugh? I feel like there ought to be a more more appropriate way to say that. I'm worried that it's just Bill Poop. (laughs) (laughs) It might be Pugh. I would think Pugh. Pugh? (laughs) Pugh. We'll go with Pugh. I guess that's better. Um, anyway, uh, he's one of the guys that made the Stanley Parable, and uh, if you are a longtime listener to this show, and very long, uh, you'll know that we absolutely dug the Stanley Parable. Uh, top five short game game for me. Absolutely. Uh, oh, yeah. Of all the ones that we've done, Stanley Parable is top five for me. Can we just go back and review it again? I would I would maybe do that, actually, because some of those <laughs> earlier episodes... Well, because yeah. Justin and I weren't on it. Yeah, right? yeah, we didn't have Laura. We need Laura's hot take on uh, the Stanley Parable. <laughs> I think it to be a cold take at this point. <laughs> it's going to be a very chilly take. <laughs> Room temperature takes with the short game. Uh, so this one, this game, is, fr- is sort of his follow-up to that in a sense, but it's a free game, and I think essentially serving to introduce people to his new game's company, um, the name of which is now escaping me. Does somebody crow, crow, crow. Crow, crow, crow. Crows, crows, crows. Oh, I'm sorry. The crow, plural. Crows, crows, crows. (laughs) Crows, crows, crows. So it's a really neat little game. And because it is so very short and because it is so free, uh, gratis, it is entirely complimentary. Uh, You should probably just go ahead and play it before listening to us say a word about it. So we're pretty much going to hold it right here. And uh, we're going to talk about the content of Dr. Languskov, the Tiger, and the Terribly Cursed Emerald, a Whirlwind Heist. We're going to talk about that after we take a minute to uh, chit-chat about the exciting things that have been happening to the hosts of the short game and to the show. So 
If you are interested only in talk about Dr. Languskov, the tiger, and the terribly cursed emerald, a whirlwind heist, um, skip forward a few minutes. Let's be honest. It's going to be like at least 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, well, uh, Brevity so, yeah. is not uh, one of our strong suits. Yeah, we, we like to play short games so that we can talk longer. Yeah. <laughs> so what have you guys been up to this whirlwind week? Um, These three fools gave me a PS4. And since I got it, I've been playing Rocket League nonstop because I haven't bought any other games. And Rocket League is amazing. It is amazing. Well, you know, we've been rolling in that short game dough. <laughs> uh, so we thought we'd, you know. All that sponsorship money. Finally start a... No, and, and they know the story, but I came home very drunk from a work event and opened the package and wandered around my apartment trying to, like, text them by, like, carrying the PS4. Just was like, you can put that down. You don't have to carry it around the apartment like it's a baby. And I was like, it's... What? What? <laughs> he was like, you're very drunk. Put down the expensive equipment. Nice. <laughs> like, don't break that. Well, like, yes. I'm, I'm glad that it actually was a surprise because I, I, I had to uh, text Justin and ask him uh, to make sure that the package was being received. It, it was it was like, some weird stuff appeared on the tracking and, and I had to make sure and I didn't want him to spoil it for you. So I'm glad that. Uh, oh, it's super it sketchy because packages from my apartment get sent to the store down the street called Una Cell Phones. <laughs> that was the creepy what? thing. It was like it was like the UPS tracking was like, uh, "Don't worry, we've delivered it to a store nearby." And I was like, "What does that mean? Who did they just give it to some bodega guy?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure, I got it. I'll, I'll make sure Laura gets it. No problem." Oh yeah, I know Laura. <laughs> yeah, they they sell prepaid cell phones and handle my UPS packages. So that's totally safe. You guys put it in very safe hands at Unicell Phones. <laughs> Uh, that, they're our sponsor for this week. Can you? Can I get a? I'd like to hear just what you think of the PS4 as a piece of hardware uh, so far. I'm enjoying it. I think the um, the interface has less personality than the Xbox 360. I was very sad I couldn't have like a little me walking around. Oh yeah, we have. Uh, there, my only problem with the PS4 is I think it's it uh, interface like should have been updated like 14 times by now. Yeah. Other than that, it, the controls are great. Um, I'm really you know digging you know plex on it i've kind of already got things set up and my um all the names i've ever used on the internet were taken so i am spider laura if you guys which want is to great me. by the way that is an awesome name spider laura yeah. i'm impressed i like that a lot listeners don't stalk laura on psn but we won't go we won't edit that out and for all all 10 of you who are listening if you if you want to add laura on uh, psn i suppose you can do that now Eh, why not but he immediately has more PS friends than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty much why we bought you the console was because none of us had any PlayStation friends. I don't know about you, but I've I've added a bunch of people uh, that are better than me at Destiny. But that's a story <laughs> for another day. Yep. Uh, Shane, what have you been up to? Well, I, my my biggest way of entertaining myself this uh, this past few weeks has been celebrating my favorite holiday, which is Black Friday. <laughs> and so I, I started off going and looking for a new oven. And then I realized, gosh, you know, while I'm while I'm looking at Best Buy, I probably ought to check out all of their game deals. And so I have I have built myself up quite a backlog. I, I've picked up uh, Dishonored, which could qualify as a short game. That's a game I think we should play for this show sooner or later. We've talked about it. I think that falls right into the same vein that like Tomb Raider did, where yep. it's like it's probably just a little bit too long 
for what we normally do, but it's short enough and that game is great oh, enough that so we probably good. should do an episode on it. Yeah, I love that game. I really think so. I, I It comes out to about 12 and a half hours according to how long to beat. And uh, so I, I, it's a game that I think if you do just a single playthrough, it's going to be worth it even uh, for you to just sort of experience it and see the world. If you try and play it, uh, at the 12 and a half hours uh you're gonna want to play it again i think that's uh so it's uh it's a hard game to make a case as a short game but it's a b- better game to make a case for than any of the other games that i just picked <laughs> up which are uh fallout 4 at 22 and a half hours if you do just the main story which you will not no no one the no witcher one. <laughs> the witcher 3 wild hunt i'm at well over at 43 hours on that now yeah it says uh it says 43 and a half hours main story and extras is 95 and a half hours so reagan i i don't know you're somewhere in between main story plus extras and completionist oh i'm on that i'm one. gonna end up on the full completionist end on that one that is my um it, all other things being com- like length not being a factor and all of the things being equal, The Witcher 3 is definitely my game of the year 2016. But it's not the game of the year of the show, which we'll probably be discussing soon. Yeah, we need to we need to start circling the wagons on that discussion topic. We sure do. Put that in the show notes. Nate, what, are you, <laughs> what have you been up to this week? Well, I've been playing a lot of Downwell still, which I only recently learned I could beat, or is beatable, I should say. I can't beat it. This game is <laughs> really, really hard once you get into like the third world, which uh, adds a water element, which just gives me terrifying uh, like recalls from Sonic, and I hear that like quack quack noise oh, that would happen. Yeah, everyone who played Sonic just had a tiny heart attack when I, when I made that noise. Uh, I played that. I uh, have played a few physical board games lately. Pretty happy about. Actually, there's a thing coming to St. Saint, uh, Louis called uh, Geekway to the West. Oh, yeah. Ooh. that's uh, You know, I, I've been wanting to do that every year when I was in St. Louis and never ended up actually doing it, and I really wish that I had. It's been going on a while. It's Yeah. Oh, yeah. This isn't the first year, and it's not actually until April, but... Um, I've actually got a group going this week, this year. Um, it's four days straight, I think from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. of just like a board game convention. So it's kind of everything you would imagine that would be. There's people selling board games, and mostly there's just a lot of board games being played. I can't say I'm going to all four days, um, but I'm def- definitely going to several of them. And uh, if there happen to be any listeners who are in St. Louis and are going to that, let me know. We'll play some games together. But I played some Dominion the other day, which I love that game, which was introduced to me by you, Reagan. Um, Played a game called Dungeons, which is like a Dungeons and Dragons. Like It's actually Wizards of the Coast branded board Mm -hmm. game. Oh, that sounds interesting. Um, Yeah, it's okay. (laughs) To be honest, it feels a little like they rushed it out. Um, Yeah. But... uh, it was fun. Played it with uh, Molly and her family on uh, for like a Thanksgiving thing. So it's a lot of fun going around killing monsters. But it's not. There's no cooperative element to it, despite it being a Dungeons and Dragons game. Hmm. I guess it, it's it's made by Wizards of the Coast and says Dungeons, a Dungeons and Dragons game. But there are like no similarities to actually the playing of Dungeons and Dragons. Other than that, there's like monsters and fighting. Speaking of Dungeons and Dragons, my uh, 
my actual Dungeons and Dragons group, the uh, our uh, our great epic quest is drawing to a close. Mm. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm a little bit saddened, but hopefully we'll pick up another uh, another quest line pretty soon. Out of a six person group, four people got married in the last four months, so our D and D game is pretty much oh, extinct. No. They are all married or engaged, and marriage is the death of Dungeons and Dragons. That's not uh, true. Weddings <laughs> are the death of Dungeons and Dragons because no one's going to have time to play once a week if you're trying to plan a wedding, apparently. You know, planning a Dungeons and Dragons meetup is in many ways like planning a wedding. <laughs> it's more important. I think it is. I, 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 I have uh, often thought back to my wedding and thought, why couldn't there have been more role play involved? <laughs> oh, that's um, too much. That was a <laughs> phrasing. Um I really should just say that I'm saying all these like little mobile and real life games to just avoid acknowledging the fact that I've just been playing a ton of Fallout 4. Um, <laughs> and I'm not avoiding it because I I have any shame or regrets. It's a uh, it's it's a great game and uh, I definitely recommend it if you're into Fallout. No shame because prior to you guys giving me the PS4, I had put in 11 hours of Regency Solitaire apparently. <laughs> like how? How have I played 11 hours of Regency Solitaire? There's paper-thin plot, and it's solitaire. But that's what Steam says, and it's generally accurate. So, um, But it's okay. Felicia Day said she put 40 hours in, so I'm wow. really low. I think, there's a, I think there's a disconnect between Steam hours and regular hours. I, th- I, think, I think it's like dog years. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I also have a tendency to just be like, I'm going to pause this game and go to the bathroom, and then like, I don't know, like, I get distracted. Like, three hours later, I come back into the room, and I'm like, oh, shit, it's still paused right there. And then my Steam time says I just played for, like, 24 hours straight, when in reality, I just pause, and I'm a terrible, like, electronics owner. Unless it's Fallout 4, in which case you actually did play for 24 hours straight, so... Nate, I, I have, I really hope that's the case, because I stumbled on a really shameful statistic about myself... Uh, just today, and that is, I looked at my Destiny playtime. Mm. Um, no, I, don't do that. I picked up Destiny the, the the day that the Taken King came out, or pretty much that week. And if I uh, if I take the hundred and thirty hours that it says I've played Destiny, and I divide it by the eighty six or eighty something days since the release of Destiny: The Taken King, it works out to about an hour and a half a day. <laughs> You've, you've spent less time eating. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I would probably, at least, my numbers have dwindled since I haven't really played that game as much anymore, but for the first, like, seven months of that game coming out, I wouldn't be surprised if that was legit, like, yeah. half of the amount of time that I spent playing that game. But it wasn't daily. It was more like sit down and play for, like, six hours straight. Exactly. That's what know? that's what it's been for me. Is there, there are these occasional binges, but... Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised. Like it, it has been a game that fostered that kind of log in for 20, 30 minutes, like very regularly with me. Mm-hmm. So hmm. there are a lot of days where I where I just put in a few minutes on Destiny just because like, you know, it's it's a great game to kind of squeeze in in between other things. Got to do those bounties. But what if you figure out I know you saying you've, you've played less of it. If you if you figure out like how to quit, please let me know. <laughs> it's called Fallout 4. <laughs> 
You guys, I'm terrified because all you guys talk about are these three games that I've been able to avoid playing. We're because just going to ruin like, your oh, life, Oh, my Laura. computer's not great, but I don't have a PS4, so I'm safe. I see my future in all three of you, and it's hey, like... Short, hey, short game listeners, this is the part where we talk about uh, all the reasons we're not playing a lot of short games right now. We're turning this into a Destiny podcast. Well, speaking of Destiny, this week I actually, actually just yesterday and today, I literally just got back from PlayStation Experience uh, in San Francisco, where I got a chance to play just a ton of upcoming uh, short indie games, plus some really neat, more, you know, uh, high-level AAA stuff. Um, the Destiny connection being that I got to sit on a model of one of the the Sparrow speeder bikes and play their upcoming um, uh, racing mode, which was pretty neat. But actually, PlayStation Experience was really exciting for me because they were you know, there were all these big name games that were in the center of the show floor, almost none of which were interesting to me. But around the edges of the show floor were tons and tons of indie games. Uh, lots of them, the kind of things that I really think are probably going to be featured on this show in 2016. Guys, 2016 is looking like a really exciting year for indie games. Oh, yeah. I played a demo of Firewatch. And uh, and oh, got to nice. talk to uh, Cable Sasser and a couple of other folks involved in the development and uh, and I mean it's looking absolutely fantastic. I played a bunch of really neat sort of bite-sized games. One that was a total surprise to me, and I have no idea when it's coming out. Probably probably like mid 2016 was one called Earth Knight. Uh, it's kind of hard to describe, except that it's it's an endless runner, but it's much more technical and, and interesting than a lot of the typical endless runners. Like um, uh, there's a lot of like interesting jumping mechanics and the music and graphics, the sort of hand-drawn style of it were really infectiously in, you know, just fun. You're playing as this maybe 12 year old African-American girl who falls out of a spaceship and, and like sort of no parachute dives onto the back of a dragon and then collects a bunch of candy as she runs up the dragon's back in order to stab it in the eye with a sword. Um, and then jumps off and runs along another dragon. How can I watch this movie? <laughs> I know, right? It's insane. And uh, it, it was it was really infectiously fun to play. I had a lot of fun with that. I'm really looking forward to it. And I mean, way too many. Like I have a stack of cards and you know leaflets and things from various games. That's like I'm like ankle deep in these things right now. Like I got a chance to play um, a demo of Alone with You, uh, which is coming from um, Benjamin Rivers, the guy who made that uh, that sort of pixel art horror game Home, which I still haven't gotten around to playing. It's one of the things that we've probably talked about doing for the show. But this is, I mean, you'll know it's up my alley when you read the subtitle, A Sci-Fi Romance Adventure. Mm. It's, a, uh, it's a game where you are marooned on a dying planet uh, in a broken space uh, station type of thing. And in order to fix your escape pod, you need to work alongside holographic simulations of your dead coworkers. But every night in the holographic room, you go on dates with them. <laughs> it's like, anyway, long story short, tons of exciting games. Oh, one more that I, I wanted to mention is uh, that I'm really excited about is Manifold Garden, uh, which is coming from uh, William Cheer. I had a chat with him and played a good long demo of the game, probably the first uh, 25 minutes or so. 
And uh, it's a first-person puzzle game with a really unique visual style. Uh, it's it, it reminded me in some ways of, I mean, you know, the thing that everyone mentions when you're talking about uh, first-person puzzle games reminded me a bit of Portal, but it's very, very different. The, the the aesthetic is almost impossible to describe. It's very architecturally interesting. It's the Pencil Sketch Escher game, right? Pencil Sketch MC Escher. Yeah, 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 more or less. But but it's much more colorful than you'd think of uh, because it's like a it's like an MC Escher thing, but with a, a variety of different really really good-looking color schemes, and the world of the game is a bunch of sort of linked architectural things floating in in space and space is is a it repeats so if you fall down from one of them you end up on the top of of that same one like this space loops in every direction so that's a part of the puzzles but also the puzzles just had to do with the sort of um, wall gravity switching mechanic and the sort of color mechanic it's easy for a game like that to get lost among other similar games there are there are actually weirdly enough a kind of a lot of first-person puzzle games with things like gravity switching mechanics and other similar sounding stuff uh, out there on Steam and, and other platforms these days. But this one, I mean, having played enough of it to get through several puzzles, I think this one has something special, both visually and I think the puzzle design was really was really working for me. So um, it's definitely one to look out for. Tons of other games. So many games that I wouldn't ever be able to talk about all of them on the show I've just been really excited by it. It's really, really uh, revived things for me. So I'm, I'm really excited about 2016. It's going to be an amazing year for indie games. So one game that I'm really excited about for 2016, if it happens in that year, uh, and it's only on the top of my mind now because I recently received my backer swag, uh, is the Toe Jam and Earl game. I received my two posters, my keychain, and my Toe Jam and Earl coffee cup. <laughs> Which I don't normally really care about that stuff, um, and I st- still don't really a lot like you know swag. But uh, I'm really digging the Toe Jam and Earl coffee cup that I got. Uh, I want the game to happen more, but it's cool to get stuff. You know, coffee just tastes more funky out of a Toe Jam and Earl. Mode. It is, yeah, yeah. 2016 is going to be an amazing year for games, um, and uh, I guess with that, we should probably mark this as our spoiler break. Uh, everything past here is going to be discussion of all of the crunchy little details and funny moments and things that you won't want spoiled if you haven't yet played Dr. Languskov, the Tiger, and the Terribly Cursed em- Emerald, a Whirlwind Heist. The game's literally 15 to 20 minutes long, and it's free. It's available on Steam. It's on itch.io, itch.io, and uh, it's also available through the developer's website. I will put a link in the show notes. If you haven't played it, pause this episode and go play that, and you can probably... Uh, you can probably finish it in less time than you've already been listening to this show. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a heist game, so however long it takes you to kind of solve the heist, like, at about 15 to 20 minutes, though, so, for sure. <laughs> yep. So, um, here's your spoiler break. Okay, this was a really, this is like, this is like the shaggy dog joke of video games and i so wish more games would just just be little wonderful jokes this is like this is a stand-up comedy set of a game uh the the second you get into the game and it loads up i I knew what i was in for because (laughs) because i mean i i knew this was from some of the people that created the stanley parable so i figured it wasn't going to be exactly what it said on the tin 
And oh boy, it wasn't. In a sense, this is kind of a follow-up of the Stanley parable, but I think it's just like just like the beginner's guide, it's looking at the Stanley parable and kind of playing to some of the strengths of that game in a new way. But here, it's a different set of strengths. You know, the Stanley parable uh, was both hilarious and deeply philosophical in some interesting ways. And uh, the beginner's guide kind of took the philosophy, the philosophy side of that and the character development, if it had any, and, and all of the other things that, that that game did that were separate from the humor and ran with it. And then this game is just taking what worked about what was funny about the Stanley parable and giving you a quick little really funny essentially game to get you to sign up for the crow crow crows 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 newsletter <laughs> it was like the most most complicated like sign up for our newsletter letter pitch i've ever seen <laughs> hey but it worked i oh, signed up the newsletter and also it looks like there's a really complicated ARG puzzle on their website, which I'm really looking oh, forward yeah. to digging into. Oh, yeah, I dug through into. that a bit. I haven't, haven't made much progress with it. Somebody want to kind of do the setup, talk about the setup the first few minutes? Well, before you download it, um, it says, the description in Steam says, a 15-minute heist game by Crows, 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 and directed by William Pugh, The Stanley Parable. Slip into the soft-soled shoes of the mastermind responsible for the greatest heist. Oh, God, I can't do this anymore. I'm joining the strike. Good luck writing the Steam description. <laughs> perfect (laughs) it is perfect and actually speaking of steam like once you've had a play like go take a look at the uh at the the steam reviews which are entirely people playing along with the premise and are great like uh the first steam review is exciting heist game there are multiple approaches to entering the mansion in my playthrough i chose the roof taking down the snipers with the tranquilizer gun was fun at least until the chimney i was climbing collapsed not sure if this was scripted or a trap question mark (laughs) it brought me right to the garden level where there was a cool chase sequence involving a tiger after that it was back to the mansion and on to the vault and so on like really great all those screenshots are intentionally uh vague so that you don't know what you're actually looking at it's just lovely it is they enjoy they have steam achievements which i don't think you can actually get all of them Um, yeah, so let's at least make sure we set up a little bit more for those who haven't who haven't played it, because I know that's how a lot of people listen to podcasts, myself included. Um, so you, you land in this game, and it's like, hey, like, all right, I'm going to do this heist. Everything is telling me that this is a heist. And you, you're first person, and you all of a sudden hear this, like, nice British voice, which every game needs a British narrator. They're like, oh, hey, player, what are you doing here? Um... Uh, sorry, we're not ready for you. Do, you. do you think you could help us run this game? There's already a player in the game. <laughs> yep. Actually, one thing that I loved about the first moment is the title screen of the game is, you know, the, the typical uh, PC game style title screen. you got the title in a nice bold-faced font and a sort of a crashed car and some other sort of, like, scenery, like uh, some plants, and you... When you begin the game, you back up from that and realize that it's a poster on the wall in the green room backstage of the game. And uh, so this entire game takes place backstage of a heist game, as if the game was being put on as a theatrical production. A live-action heist game. And what's worse is that um, they have been severely understaffed because everyone is trying to... um, Everyone was going to be doing double duty or had health problems that everyone struck and so basically all they have is an orchestra and a stage manager 
And you now, because you just happen to be there in the green room. I, I thought of you, Laura, as I was playing this, because I thought, you know, L- Laura has long experience uh, as a stage manager. I have some from college, but man, this just, uh, it hit all the right notes from that side of the uh, of things. I mean, it's the terror you get when you have the responsibility of the god mic, which can go in every room and everyone can hear you. I just was like having bad flashbacks of like, oh no, it's the freshman interns not doing what I need them to do all over again. Except this time there were no lasers or, you know, I was the dumb freshman that wouldn't. I mean, I love, I love so much just disobeying people in games. And when the game rewards you for disobeying them. Like, I was hitting every button in the room. I was uh, waiting as long as possible to obey instructions, and the game rewarded me breathtakingly well. Oh, yeah, so much. The the narrator responds to your actions in a way that's it's really fluid for such a small game with a limited scope. I mean, I'm sure that just the work on the narration and getting the narrator's dialogue to respond to your actions is just, it's a huge part of the work that went into this game. So the, all the workers who would normally be running the game are on strike, and you see tons of documentation of this, from, like, strike signs leaning against walls to basically every surface in the game has a letter of resignation, either finished or partially finished, lying around, and you can pick all of these up and read them, and they're all hysterical. Yeah, best sign in the game is a strike sign in the corner that said, it is the fundamental right of the working classes not to be eaten by a tiger. <laughs> my, my favorite. That is the absolute best, yes. Yeah, my favorite sign was one that just is sitting there uh, on the side of one of the staircases that you go through, and it says, no vaping. (laughs) Yeah, seriously, stop it with a sodding vanilla breath. (laughs) I mean, we could probably go on for for hours about some of the funny details in this. One that I thought was really great was there's there's a book on the table that's called something like the devil is in the details and it's it's seemingly a book about um about detail in game design and it's it's a badly made model if you notice the book has like the edges wrong like they made this book that's called the devil is in the details one of the shittiest looking objects in the game yeah (laughs) i didn't spot that i didn't see that that's great there's tons of cassette tapes lying around which are labeled with things like uh developer's commentary like somebody was beginning to do a developer's commentary for the game with the little hovering cassette tapes you see in a lot of these games that do that and they're all just sort of lying around and you can't interact with them because they're not done or, or, or you're you're coming around the corner of one uh, one place, and there's this very dramatic shadow on the wall of a of a turning fan, the kind of thing that you definitely see in any game with dynamic lighting and shadows. And you turn the corner and realize that somebody has put a tiny desk fan, stacked it up on a bunch of books, and positioned a desk lamp right behind it to cast this shadow. <laughs> I mean, it was just like they're deliberately like commenting on the way that games usually look and play you know to to remind you that somebody set all of this up every detail is is cunningly set up either to make a joke or to comment on things it's just full of these little details that are just super great if you look for them have you guys ever seen and this is a super popular movie but have you guys ever seen cabin in the woods oh yes yes so you know how that movie kind of like supposes that like every single horror movie or scary movie ever had like people basically running it in the background. Mm-hmm. 
that's kind of the vibe that I got from this game. It's basically like, like I was playing Alto's Adventure earlier tonight, and I was thinking about it within the context of this game. It's like, there would actually be people who are like, we forgot to release the llamas, or like, <laughs> did you set up the rocks for this run? Or, you know, release the birds, make it rain, you know. Like, <laughs> all the characters have uh, have dialogue that's like written out for them backstage. It's like... Uh, uh, guard dialogue. Note, do not speak until direct line of sight is established. Hey you, I see you. I thought I heard something. After location <laughs> check, must have imagined that, and they've underlined imagined. <laughs> Remember to provide the player with information. I've been shot, etc. I'm going to try to play it again because um, I'm hoping that maybe you can play the because that recorders and I didn't see it like I kept finding change all over the place so I want to see if I can go back to the the soda machine if that does anything I must have picked up like a f- couple of bucks worth of change and I wasn't able to figure out anything to do with how it. many coffee cups did you spin <laughs> yeah after I hit a certain amount of uh, of change uh, it gave me a steam achievement <laughs> um, also uh, another thing that gave me a steam achievement was every time I saw a broom propped up against the wall I would knock it over I tried rotating every coffee cup just to see what would happen nothing happened I rotated so many coffee cups yeah I don't think they do anything I picked up all the post-its <laughs> I don't I think I don't think that there's any real um, point to any of these things no <laughs> I think it's no. just them this game is like the, the whole game is just an an incredible troll of the audience in a beautiful beautiful way and i think I, I, from every level including scattering all these interactive but pointless objects i took one post-it and had a bunch of um hexadecimal codes and i was like those look like ascii characters and i typed it in and it's just spelled stage manager <laughs> nice and I was like, God damn it. <laughs> I should, I should, uh, there were actually a ton of stickies. I, I'm, I'm sure there's little hints and puzzles to be discovered here, particularly considering their website has this, you know, ARG on it. I wonder if the two are related. So there's probably secrets left to be discovered here. But really, this game is just a terrific joke. This is the, the video game equivalent of, of a good, funny story told in a few moments to friends. And that's why I that's why I really loved it. Like there's just so there's so many games that try for humor and sometimes that works, but I think for me very often games that are striving for humor wear out their comedy too soon. I have difficulty with games that are really trying very hard to be funny because just I don't know sometimes they're just not and and there's nothing worse than a joke that falls flat. Um but this at only 15 or 20 minutes long, it's the perfect length for a really wonderful this, – this, this could barely have gone any longer, but it was so perfectly funny. Yeah, um, there's some really uh, satisfying moments too on like kind of a different level than just being really funny. Um, I'd say kind of like argue, probably during the um, – what you would consider the climax of the game, um, you're kind of like in stage manager hell – where you have three different phones ringing, a panel full of buttons, and like a million different things that you're supposed to toggle all at the same time, um, where the narrator's just yelling at you. And as that's happening, this kind of like nice drum beat kind of comes in underneath everything, and everything is just on this like nice little rhythm. And 
it's chaotic, but the drum beat makes everything feel so good. And I just, I, that was my favorite part of the game. The drum beat comes from nowhere, has no context. Like, they're not like, oh, why is the orchestra playing the drums? It's just a cool drum beat that makes everything sound more chaotic, but also kind of funky. And it was, it was awesome. Yeah. And that, that all happens in high concept miscellaneous interactions the the most abstract department of the stage management of the game which is just like that room if you look at all the blinking lights like all of them are like state they're all the sort of representing player state and like game state you know these are like variables in the in the world of the game and things like you know loading screen on fire player is sneaking or entering or climbing or invents yes there's a there's a light for unregistered trial version (laughs) yeah it just made me feel like it was a weird messed up version of what you know someone who didn't know what coding was would think it was it was just like typing numbers in and having states change like it, it felt like a high concept version of what coding a game must be like to someone who's never touched a you know, back end of a system before. Um, and I loved it, especially the fact that the phones kept ringing and I kept hanging. And I just took such perverse pleasure in hanging up those phones every damn time as fires raged below. And the stage manager pleads with you about it, which just like any game that tells me, don't do this thing, and then gives me the opportunity to do it. And then when I do it, it's really exasperated and upset with me in a very dramatic way. Like, why did you do that? Oh my God. I think as Americans, it's natural. It's just naturally in us to disobey when British people tell us to do things. <laughs> That's and it. That's it. I, yeah, I think Bring it really it contributes to my nice. enjoyment. Yeah. So obviously, people can pick this game up for nothing, and uh, people have already played it. If you're listening to this part of the show, but I think that what they're doing here is really interesting. Like, I think that the point of this game was to introduce people to them as a new production company and they have my attention and also now my email address like that seems to have been the the function (laughs) of this game um i can't wait to see what they do with it with your email address (laughs) (laughs) they're gonna sell it to the highest bidder well they sent you a picture of a dolphin so that's true that's true and i i will treasure that picture of a dolphin in my uh in my archived email folder for all time well they tell you they're gonna send you a big picture of a whale and then you get a dolphin. <laughs> I didn't notice that. And if you think that's funny, you probably like everything this co- this company does. That is a really good like description. That's exactly what it is. And they they like ex- you know there's there's a lot of moments in the game where obviously um, you're forced to do what the narrator doesn't want you to do, like hang up the phone. You can't answer it. All you can do is hang it up. But there's plenty of other opportunity where. Like, they had to know, like, the only... Like, I wonder how many people played this game and did exactly what the narrator asked the entire way through. I would posit I don't that think you can. no one did. <laughs> well, there's a few switches that you can press that, like, you don't have to press, you know, stuff like that. And that stuff I'm does sure. smoothly integrate into the dialogue. For example, you know, I played through twice, and, uh, and on one playthrough, I flipped a switch called something like... Unknown. <laughs> and Unknown. then there was another switch with a similarly vague name. And, and uh, you know, depending on which flips switches you flip and which buttons you press, uh, the, the narrator chides you in different ways at different points in the game. I mean, it's by no means like a branching narrative or anything, but uh, but it's clear that they put some work into making sure that the, the narrator is responding to the little actions that you're able to take. So 
I I really I crows 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 has my attention, and I can't wait to see what they do uh, what they do next. Um, and this has been a really exciting time for us with the short game. Thank you so much for sticking with us through our gap week last week for the holidays, and uh, we'll be coming back to you soon with some more great content guys uh we'll be talking about our our short game game of the year pretty soon here if you have thoughts about what is your short game of the year let us know you can write to us on twitter at underscore short game or you can go on our website where the contact form or info at the short um and we want to hear from you about what games you're looking forward to in 2016 so we can start planning our upcoming shows as well yeah let us know if there's anything we've missed i think what reagan means to say during all that too is basically if you don't think that there's a game of the year was undertale please let us know why well we haven't played everything yet and there's a couple on my list that we have yet to cover that could be my game of the year. Yeah, we, we still have some last-minute cleanup to do, so we're going to try to bring you some more episodes before the end of the year and before we make that final decision. Um, thank you guys for for uh, for joining us. I, I've been your host, Reagan Kelly, and you can find me on Twitter, at Reagan K, that's R-E-Y-G-A-N-K. Um, Laura, where can people find you? I will be playing Rocket League. That um, You can find me on Twitter at Laura J. Nash. And uh, Shane, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at 8BitShane. Um, and you know what? I'll just throw it out, out there since we're sharing our PSN names. I'm on PSN as Shane versus Evil. And Nate, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at NateSTL. And you can find me on PlayStation. It is Get Paid For Free. So get paid the number four and then free. I guess if we're all sharing, I'm Reagan on uh, on the oh, PSN. Jerk. Yep, that's that's jerk. me. Well, they they don't let you change it. I probably would have changed it to something that wasn't my actual first name, uh, but it is what it is, and you can't change those things once they're set. So <laughs> that's the really frustrating thing about PlayStation Network. That's the fr- yep. That's so, it, <laughs> Laura. I hope I hope you like Spider Laura because you're not changing it. Oh yeah. And join us next week for another episode of The Short Game.